Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson. Brought to you by Surefire Social. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. In this segment, we're going to talk about the remodeling dialects. We're going to talk about the different languages, the different business models that are out there. I think that this subject, while you know seeming sort of obvious because it's your vocation and what your passion is, it's oftentimes a subject that's very, very misunderstood. I think I'll begin with saying that all construction or all remodeling businesses are not created equal. Uh, what I mean by that is not only are the business models different, the clients oftentimes are different, the project types are different, but also the levels of risk are different. Uh, as we've come out of the last two or three years, the recession, I think it's more evident than ever. You know, those businesses that were focused very heavily on custom homes uh, experienced tremendous dips, even when out of business. In some cases, their business dropped 75% after the 2008 crash. You know, heavier design-build type-oriented businesses also dipped off. They dipped off, you know, on average, I would say about 30 to 40, sometimes 50%. And in large part, it was not a matter of the number of clients or even the number of projects. It was more focused on the size of the projects shrinking down. And when you see your average ticket going down from $100,000 down to $60,000, needless to say, that's a tremendous drop in terms of your overall business and business volume. You also have kitchen and bath businesses that also had cycles, but they weren't nearly as extreme. Most kitchens and bath type of businesses maybe dropped off 10 or 20 percent during those recessionary times. However, because they are in fact the highest level of project that's being done today, they're climbing out much more quickly and I think most of those businesses not only have recovered but they're far exceeding. And then you have, I think, the niche businesses, some of the handyman, small service type businesses that tend to be more stable. Now, I share this, again, more from an educational point of view, because I think if you assume that you're sitting in the room with all these different remodeling businesses and the businesses are equal or similar in terms of the environment, I think you will be mistaken. And I'm a big believer that, you know, the ideal place to be, I think, for most businesses, while you certainly want to focus on the right project and the right client, you also want to manage your levels of risk. You want to have more predictability and stability in the business. You know, many years ago, I actually did a study for Harvard University looking at the makeup of the remodeling industry. Uh, there was a lot of confusion on the part of the manufacturers. You know, is this a design-build firm? Is it a full-service firm? Is it a remodeling firm? In many cases, they were calling these different kind of companies the same company. They were calling it different names and words, and as a result, they were developing strategies wrapped around certain types of businesses that, quite frankly, were just wrong and incorrect. So as a result, it really forced me to help to articulate, I think, the makeup of the remodeling industry and what these really different dialects were. 
So what I really found that there were two primary vertical columns. So if you think about this even graphically and you draw these two major sort of vertical columns and then within each column you put subsets of columns within it. So each column is made up of let's say three parts. The first major vertical is what I call more the specialty and the second is more the full service. Now the specialty makeup is really made up of three parts. You have your focus on particular products and your big three are your roofing, siding, and windows. You have particular rooms or spaces within the house which could be kitchens, baths, decks, or even uh, garages. Then you have particular subsets of smaller type specialty things like garage doors, mirrors, uh, it, it could be focused on a, uh, a smaller type closet interior kind of specialty group. So within the makeup you have that vertical, then you have the vertical as it relates to full service. Now as I said, full service remodeling sort of encompasses or is an umbrella of many parts and pieces. The best way to think about those parts and pieces is to think of them in terms of three parts. One is the smaller scale handyman type service projects. The second is more the traditional smaller scale traditional remodeling projects. And then you have what I call more the design build projects. Usually the larger scale projects that involve design, construction management, and oftentimes larger. Then you have a third sort of column that I call the sort of the outlier. And probably under this column you have many different parts and pieces that you could put that don't necessarily fall under specialty or fall under full service. However, it is something that's different. And insurance restoration is one of those categories. You know, insurance restoration clearly is one of the remodeling sectors. However, it doesn't follow the same process. It doesn't follow the same, same uh, systems. And in many cases, it's not the same client. In the insurance restoration business, it's primarily more the insurance company that's the client, even though the person doing the contracting is the homeowner. <clears throat> so on your horizontals in this little grid, the next dimension of, of, of this makeup is, in fact, the uh, sizes of business. You have the businesses that are up to 250000 in terms of annual sales. Then you have the next group, 250 to 750, 750 to 2 million, 2 million to 5 million, 5 million to 10, and then above 10 million. And the reason that I look at it in terms of scale and annual volume, even though that's not a complete snapshot of the way to look at some of the businesses, it does start to see the makeup of the businesses really being different. For example, if you've got a $750,000 design build type company versus a $15 million, the infrastructure of that company is different. The marketing strategies are going to be different. You're going to have uh, ownership and leadership. Oftentimes, it's very different. The roles of people within the organization that are very different. So by not only understanding what the vertical category is, but also understanding the scale of business, you understand sort of where the language is, where the dialect is, and where the sweet spot within the business. 
I think it's also important to understand within the specialty and full service arena, they are really different. And while it sounds uh, sometimes a little bit condescending to some people when I talk about this, that I think the differences between full service and specialty are very much like the differences between fine dining and fast food. In fine dining, the rules of the game are different than they are in fast food. Yes, they could be both about the same client, but the rules of the game and how you do business is different. For example, if I take my son to a uh, a fast food restaurant, I'm not a happy dad when that happy meal takes 15 minutes to get. Fast food is very, very dependent on speed. Obviously, you have a, a consistent, limited choices quality to be able to create that speed, but it, that when it comes to time, speed has got to be paramount and fast. The flip side of that in fine dining, you want the speed to mirror what the client's sort of custom experience and expectation is. For example, think about the times that you've gone to a restaurant when they have actually moved through the dining experience too fast as opposed to you just being able to savor and enjoy the conversations and the meal. So on the one hand, in fast food, you're judging them uh, based on being too, too slow uh, as being critical. On the other hand, you're applauding the, the fine dining for being more patient with your uh, need to just sort of savor the food and the experience. So just like in remodeling, specialty and, fine di- specialty and full service are really different. For example, specialty is very focused on the products. Full service is very focused on a process. You know, you're selling process. Uh, Specialty is designed to be a one-set type of closing sales process, where full service is more of a dating, multiple-set type process. It's inching the client along the relationship. You know, even the marketing expense and structure within the two are really quite different. Most specialty firms are going to spend 10 to 20 percent of the gross sale in marketing, whereas most full service type of organizations, it might be more three to six percent. Very, very different sort of business financial model. Specialty is very focused on on pushing the client to answers and solutions, where full service is more about selling the ambiguity, selling the fantasy, selling the experience of what it's about. At the end of the day, the profitability within these different models are really quite simple, similar. And that is, you know, whether it's somewhere between 5 and 15% net profit in the specialty, but you also find a very, the better run full service firms are in those same sort of 5 to 15% category. So by understanding the difference, you will be able to focus, I think, better. There's a lot of different business considerations that vary depending on whether you're in full service or specialty or whether you're large or small not only the size of the business, but what's the owner's role within the business, and not only what it is today, what it might be in the future. Marketing strategies and techniques are very different for these different businesses. Also, when it comes to the client sort of process, do you have more of a showroom or an in-home sales experience? You know, how do you leverage the technology, subcontractors? So as I sort of summarize what this podcast is about, 
as I said at the beginning, all construction is not created equal. All remodeling businesses are not equal. And the more you understand the game that you're playing, the more you're going to enjoy the game. So I encourage you to become not only a master of the trade and design and the craft, but also start to be more of a student of the business and student of success. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Social. For more podcasts, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast.